the book of Titus, chapter number 2. I'll read to you from verses 11 to verse 15. It says here, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Make no mistake about that. Every, every individual who is born in this world deserves that grace. Qualifies for it. Automatically so. So it is not for you to be looking at somebody and be thinking that they are not good enough for that grace. It is not for us to be judging other people. It is not for us to decide who qualifies for it. It is already, God has already made it available and everybody who is, um, um, you know, able to make that um, decision to can uh, um, uh, uh, give their lives uh, to Christ, qualify automatically so. It says here, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Yes. That is the grace of God. It teaches you to say no to ungodliness. But you have a responsibility yourself to say no. You may have been taught, not everybody who's taught is doing what, they do, what they're taught to do. Not everybody who's been to school or learned one thing or the other are doing what they've been taught to do. Because that becomes a personal decision. So you now have to decide yourself that I must say no to any form of ungodliness train your son and be disciplined enough to say no to anything that is ungodly. Any thought that is evil. Anything that is contrary to what the word of God says. You have a responsibility to reject it. You're not going to have to just uh, you know, it, don't, don't just ignore it. I think that's where the difference is. Many people are struggling with sin because they choose just to ignore than to do what is necessary. They are struggling with bad habits in their lives because they choose to ignore the facts that no, this thing is, is, is going to lead me to destruction. This thing is going to destroy my family. It's going to destroy my marriage. It's going to... I, I, you may even end up without even having a job by refusing just to, to um, 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 allow yourself to, to acknowledge that there is this um, um, challenge that I need, to, I need to confront. It says here, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives 
in this present age. He says, you ought to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life in this present age. Self-control. We spoke a lot about it. That you need to exercise such in your personal life. Be able to reject any anything that will say you are not really in control. Are you really in control of your life? Because many people are not. And that is why they are struggling. Because things seem to just be happening around them without them being the source of whatever it is that is happening. Meantime, they, they so much want to see a change in their lives. Yet they are not, they are not really exercising such self-control. You need to have such self-control. Your emotions, your words, your desires, your passions, your finances. People spend money they don't have because they don't have self-control. They don't have self-control. So you need to learn to exercise such. In verse 13, it says, While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, he gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own. Eager, eager to do what is good. Eager to do what is good. Being zealous of good works. Have such such passion and desire and, 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 and enthusiasm to do good. To do good. And you will know yourself when you've allowed us, you, when you allow the grace of God to train you to do good. It will not be a struggle. It is by grace that you find yourself doing good. So, that is what you need to ask uh, from God or pray such a prayer. That He gives you more grace so you can continue to do good. And when you're doing so, it is not going to be a struggle to can experience the fullness of God in your life. It is not going to be a struggle to, to can experience you know, um, um, His promises concerning your life. Every blessing that you think you possibly need. Then he says in verse 15, these then are the things you should teach. I mean, this is talking to us now, standing this side. We must not be teaching that grace allows you to do as you please or to sin and then there is no consequence. No, no. It says, these then are the things we should teach. 
So we're not healing. I mean, understand, understand how important this is for you. It is not, you see, the reason why we're not preaching sin every day, it, it's, it's not what we're here for. It is not what the gospel is, is all about. The good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. We, we already, he already told us that we're free. The law, um, 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 you know, um, the spirit of the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, he says, it has made us free from the law of sin and death. He said, it has made us free. Now, when he says that, you know, sin shall not have dominion over you. It is just to say that, it is not to say that when you, when you, if you happen to see it, there is nothing wrong. There is. It is only that grace helps you or gives you the ability or sign to have, to have that dominion. To can rise above that challenge. To, to do, it, that grace, that is what grace is there for. So that you're not, um, 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 you know, um, now, you know, um, uh, somehow enslaved or, or find yourself, you know, being uh, in bondage of sin. Yes. When you understand that there is grace, you will be able to use that grace to quickly get yourself out of that very, that very sin or that very um, habit that you may be struggling with. So, it is to say that you know, um, um, it is not. It is not um, what is what is uh, desired for you to be reminded of all the wrong things that you're doing every day. It is not what we're here for. We're not here to condemn anybody. We're not here to remind anybody, you know, of how unworthy they are or or all the the, the wrong things that they may have done and everything. If anything, we want to teach you the word of God. We want to empower you with a with a with a with the right understanding. We want to help you to 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 see to see God and, 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 and focus on Him. You know, meditate on the on the word of God long enough that it transforms you. It helps you be changed from the inside out. So when you understand what righteousness is, it's no need for you to be worried about sin. Because that's not what it is not it is not something that will even you even have to be thinking about. Because it is not who you are. The, the nature, the character that you now have, it is such that as a child of God, you 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 rise, you're not you're not you're not you're not you're not having to be, you know, um, uh, 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 mastered or, or be servant to a sin. Bible even says that you know you know you do not want to allow yourself to be instruments of unrighteousness. You don't allow yourself to be to be the machinations of the devil, to be to be used of the devil. So it is important to understand that sometimes there is no need for you to cast uh, to cast darkness, rather put on the light so that darkness disappears. It's no use cursing darkness every day or complaining. How about you put on the light of the word of God? Bible says that the word of God is a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. 
So when there's light, you're not going to walk in darkness. Since you were once in the darkness, but you are now children of light. Therefore, you need to be walking in this light. So when you're, when you're walking in this light, why would you want to be thinking darkness when you're in the light? Since in him, there's no variable, there's no inch of darkness. You, it doesn't matter which side you look at him. It doesn't matter how you look at him. There's no, you know, you, you, you need to have always this understanding and be able to see him for who he is. And be able to, 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 to focus on him and look unto Jesus and, and be able to see this fullness of grace. So that you're not always praying prayers that you're casting out demons, chasing devils that don't even exist. And you end up being frustrated because nothing seems to be changing. How about you just pray such a prayer that you want to collect more of this grace? So you have more than, more than enough that you can be able to make use of in your situation today and see if things will not change. Yes. When you take advantage of this grace and be able to use it in a manner that will help you to change um, your situation. It says here, these then are the things you should teach, encourage and rebuke with all authority. It says, do not let anyone despise you. Is a reason why he said so. And that is something which we need to be um, uh, very um, conscious of ourselves. So, I thought that I will um, just share that with you so that um, you are able to draw such a distinction and understand what it means to you. Let me read you Romans. The book of Romans. If anything, perhaps um, the assignment you have in this month is um, to go and read or study the book of Romans. It's only 16 books. By the end of the week, you'll be finished. It is. So take time to study the book of Romans from chapter number 1 to chapter number 16. Alright. There will be a test next week. Come ready. If many of us were to write tests. Uh, <laughs> we, will, we won't make it. <laughs> this will make it by grace. That's <laughs> what somebody has been doing all their life. Every time they move from one grade to another, there's grace at work. Until they get over the cheek. And now they look around and it starts looking as if this grace is no longer available. Now they must face the realities of life. Now they really have to work hard to be able to deliver the results that are expected. All right, let me read you from Romans chapter number three, from verse 20. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight 
by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. That's what I just said to you just now. That yes, the law is there to show you, to make you aware. But grace is available to get you out of that sin. To help you deal with it. To bring about a change so that there is now progress, improvement in your life. He says here, but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. To which the law and the prophets testify. So there's no question about that. He says here, in verse 22, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. That is, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now that is what you will hear often. But outside of that, people don't, don't even bother to read what he said after that. Let alone time to understand what is this, uh, what is this saying to us. So, it is very important for us to always, um, you know, um, give ourselves time, even when studying the scriptures, to get the right context, the right understanding, so that you do not um, frustrate the grace of God upon, upon your life. And in verse 24, and, you see, there was a comma there. All right, everybody, everybody understand that through Adam, a man is born a sinner into this world. There's, that's, no, that's no debate. Now, where you are, after you've given your life to Christ, sin becomes a choice. It is something you do willfully or unknowingly so. And that is why there's grace. But I just want to show you that even those that are reminding you that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, they put a full stop there. Meantime, there's a comma. It says that, that that sentence continues. And all are justified freely. So why, why we want to pay so much attention to that first part and we do not pay as much attention to the very fact that all, not some of them, all, he says, all are justified freely by this grace. And that is what will help you not to condemn yourself every time whenever something whenever you do something wrong it is not to say that you cannot uh, 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 find yourself making such a, a mistake no one person is perfect look at it in the bible days for the thousand five hundred years that those people were under the law not one of them who keep those laws. They knew about them. They were, they were made available to them. But not a single person who was perfect to can keep all of them. Because it was not either or. You have to obey all of them. <laughs> you, you know, any, I mean, 
you don't need to you don't need to break too many laws yourself to go to jail you know you do something wrong perhaps that is also what will happen i don't know i don't know if 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 the only reason that you find yourself not stealing or committing such a a crime or doing something wrong if the only reason is because you are afraid of being punished something is wrong it is not it can you 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 it is not even something that you ought to be thinking of i don't know you can just just come to think about it how many times how many people here that would have been in jail just for lying or for stealing you know in your office in your office maybe they deal with one thing or the other but suddenly you no longer buy a, a soap in your house because you're collecting from your boss from the office and you don't think there's anything wrong with that no you're stealing don't say that i just stole a pen you are stealing that is it, it there's no you know, there's no bigger or lesser sin. If we come to understand what sin is, we'll not even have this debate. Because you see, uh, the Bible even says that if you know what to do and you do not do it yourself, that is already sin. Knowing what to do, only, I mean, just think about that. You may think that maybe that is my Bible. Let me read you that same Bible. James chapter number 4, verse number 17. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. How many times that you knew what to do and you decide not to do it? Bible says already the sin. Sin does not happen when a woman falls pregnant because she slept with a man that she's not married to. It's not about the act. And that is sometimes where people get it so wrong that when they get used to doing something, and then there doesn't seem to be any consequences and come the day that they fall pregnant and now suddenly they're thinking that oh no i've done something so wrong either way it was already seen when it was conceived in the mind Bible says you need not have even committed the act any man who looks at a, at a woman lustfully the bible says he has already sinned in his heart so sin doesn't happen during the act or after. So the, 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 the thinking that this is now wrong because somebody will know that is what is wrong. It ought to be wrong even when you're still thinking about it before you even think that it will become wrong when somebody knows. Anything that you may be doing in your own closet by your own self that you know if it comes out, you're not going to be proud of. You must stop. Don't do it. 
is not good for you. It will not help you. So this thing of deciding, deciding that I must now run away from God or run away from church because I'm pregnant, it is so wrong. We'll still forgive you. In fact, we'll be happy for you that God is the one who who blesses us with children. Doesn't matter how the child how the child comes. Children are a gift from God, the Bible says. Now this thing of oh I didn't I didn't understand or pretending that one didn't know and conveniently you want to phone your man of God in the middle of the night, you want powerful prayer because something nothing wrong with the pregnancy. You knew what you were doing. It took you to make a decision that I need to make a baby and you fall pregnant. So when you call me in the middle of the night, I'm going to now start praying a powerful prayer. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Oh, we, we thank the Lord for this increase. We thank the Lord for this gift. It's a gift. I don't want to be angry with you. I can't be angry with you for having a baby. No, honestly. But having said so, I'm not encouraging you to go and have babies with men that you're not married to. When you understand that, I mean, it, it ought to have come to your spirit that me moving in with a man I'm not married to is wrong. So what did you expect? What did you expect when you marry yourself to that man? When you decide to go and, and uh, make yourself uh, and fat or fat and set, whichever way it goes, I don't know. So uh, we need to be very um, honest with ourselves and, and understand that in as much as you know, there's grace. It is not good for you to just disregard even the basics of the principles that you ought to hold dearly yourself. It doesn't take you to be born again to know that. As a principle, somebody who has such a morale and, uh, and, and want to do things right, you ought to just say no to any form of ungodliness. That's what the Bible says, the grace teaches us. Teaches us to say no to any form of ungodliness. But if by any chance that happens, grace is available. Don't run away from church. Grace will not run after you outside of church. Things might get worse. Things might get worse. We were singing a song just now. What is it? His goodness is running after me. Yes. All right, you must stop now. You can't be running away from the goodness that is running away. That is running after you. Stop running. The goodness must, must at some point catch up with you. So. <laughs> it's a good song when you're singing it. Sounds nice, you know. <laughs> Maybe we'll just add a line there. That grace has located me. We have. <laughs> so we don't continue running away from you know it's like that that woman who is wanting to be married 
and she's a runaway bride. She wants to <laughs> she, she wants to be married, but any man who's ready to marry her, she she's running. These things are very important for us to understand so that we don't end up, you know, finding ourselves condemning ourselves or depriving or denying ourselves the benefits of being in Christ by our own thinking. Sometimes it's just the thinking of man that says that God has not forgiven you. Think about the story of a Samaritan woman in the book of John chapter number 4. If you read from verse 15 to 17, Jesus Christ said to that woman, go call your husband. She says, I do not have one. But then he said, you have said right that you don't have a husband because the one you're with is your fifth husband. It's number five, that is not even yours. But he didn't stop using her for what he wanted to do. He didn't condemn her. He didn't, he didn't stop there and, 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 and start um, making her see all her sins and everything. Through that very same woman, she went and called the entire village. She brought about such a... In fact, she took the gospel um, to her nation. They all came. Had he just decided, oh, you're not good enough to, 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 to can go preach or send to, to those um, um, in your household and everybody else, those people wouldn't have, wouldn't have heard the gospel. They wouldn't have heard the gospel. They wouldn't have even known. So, it is not something that you need to um, suddenly just so much be consumed with it that you even you even now um, find yourself drifting away from God or, or not really. Um, allow God to do the things that he wants to do with you. So I'm just saying that if you look at that picture and just look at what the master had done, what he, what he did even with that woman, it will really, you know, um, help you to understand what is this grace and how you ought to be taking advantage of it in your life. He used it in a very special way. He brought about such a change. Not only touched their life, but the lives of the entire household. He used it. Didn't have to, um, um, you know, first tie and made her to um, see all her faults and, and things like those. So, yes, it is very much possible that um, things may not be what they ought to be. But you don't have to uh, continue in that same um, uh, trajectory. It, it doesn't have to, you know, uh, be a norm. Don't try and normalize something that is abnormal. Don't try and, and uh, get used to uh, doing the wrong things and think that it is okay. It is not okay. No matter how far you've gone down the wrong road, 
there's still an opportunity to turn around. Jesus loves you. He wants you. You will just need to make that 180 degree turn and, and, and turn to God. You'll be able to see such a real change in your mind. When there is, when there is, when there is um, um, such a, a change of heart and you've made that um, conscious decision to say, I may have tried myself, I may have thought that I can do it by my own self, but I, I cannot, I am not able to. And this, this time, all I need is His grace to help me to change my life. You don't have to try and do it by your own self. Let me read you from the book of John. This is also a story that I believe you are familiar with. From the book of John, chapter number 8. I want to read you from the beginning. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them, was teaching. He taught them, the Bible says. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. In the very act, they wanted to emphasize the point. Now, says in verse 5. Now, it says, they say, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They were trying to test him, you know. They wanted to trap him. They say, yeah, the Bible says that such must be stoned. But we want to hear what you say. First of all, they were referring to their own law, which they themselves misread or deliberately ignored, or they were lying deliberately so, because the law did not say that. You see, that's the danger of the law. Sometimes you need just one man to misquote that very same law and everybody believes in it. And the poor woman would have been stoned to death. Can you imagine if this is what is, what is happening today? What, how many people would have been stoned? Just think about that. Maybe, maybe by now, the population will be a third of what it is, or half, <laughs> or half. 
I'm just saying. Now, let me just show you this one thing. You see, they're saying that the law says that such people, such must be stoned. But what they didn't say is what the law says. In Leviticus 20, verse number 10. If a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and adulteress are to be put to death. Now you ask yourself, where was the man? Oh, they say it was one of these Pharisees. <laughs> you see now, it even helps you to know the scriptures for your son. Because maybe, 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 just maybe, what, what made the master not to agree with them was because they were wrong themselves. Maybe if they brought both the man and the woman, maybe he would have allowed them to stone them both. But first of all, they were wrong. Now, they want to punish this woman for whatever wrong she has done in their eyes. Because that is now something that becomes a, it is now a, a thinking of man that condemns, that wants to um, uh, punish and, and judge the, the, the um, other people for their wrongs. So that was the first mistake. So, the Bible says, these they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. Imagine that. It was not even about stoning this woman. But it was more about them accusing him. Can you imagine how, how sometimes wicked a man can be? Just accuse you of something, but not really wanting to, um, um, you know, use that against you, but the other person, somebody else. It is, it is, it, it is wickedness. It is not, uh, it is not right. Then it says the Bible says here, but Jesus took down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he didn't hear them. And maybe that's what you must do as well. Some things you must just pretend you didn't hear them. They don't matter. Was, what Jesus Christ was saying to them that it doesn't matter what you think. What matters is that there is grace. What matters is what the word of God says. What a man says or thinks, it doesn't matter. Where do you stand with God? That is what matters. That is what is important. But if you want to be doing whatever you're doing every day to try and please a man, you end up making even too many mistakes. And find yourself even even in a much difficult predicament. So he, he, he now he now knelt down and he was writing down. I'm, I'm trying to think what he was writing there. The Bible doesn't say us, but maybe he wrote that one of where is the priest that did this act. They caught her in the very act. Maybe he wrote there, where's the priest who wrote the act? <laughs> I don't know. So he wrote on the on the ground. Maybe he wrote to them, the law that you're predicting, you're referring to, is not what it says. Maybe he said that to them. 
I know you're saying this law says, but there's nothing like that. Even in that same law that you see, maybe he just, he just reminded them what it really says. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you all, let him throw a stone at her first. Now this thing of pointing fingers at other people, very dangerous. Because at the same time that four, four, four are pointing to you. Four. It's only one you're pointing to this guy. But these other four, they're pointing to yourself as one. Now you need to think about it. You're not here to use the word of God to be condemning people. Let them go about their lives, it's their business. That's what they do. Bible says it's, it's, not, it's not for us to be trying to, to have them. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, will convict them of their sins. That is what it's there for. He will convict them. He will convince them in their, in their hearts. They will, this thing will, you know, will constantly, he will constantly remind them. He will have them. And that is where now we need to draw the distinction to say that this salvation came through us by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. But he didn't stop there. He gave us the Holy Spirit to help us being able to see ahead of time and even avoid sin before it becomes sin. He helps you. The Holy Spirit is there to help you to deal with those um, 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 circumstances and things that on your own you may find yourself struggling. You may find yourself, you may, you may, you may, you may, you may even end up, you know, giving up on your zam because you're trying it by yourself. Your responsibility, preach to them, lead them to Christ, help them receive their salvation, allow God to do the rest. Let the Holy Spirit do everything else. So that is why even when you're, when you're meeting somebody, you want to lead them to Christ. Don't start asking them, oh, where are you from? Which church do you go to? Um, do you drink? Do you smoke? Did you hear on any of those laws, thou shalt not drink, thou shalt not smoke? It's not even in the law. But you're making it up yourself. And you're not even saying yourself, you used to so drink, you even forget to go home. By now, you're now, you're now justified, you, you're in Christ, you're a changed man. You're so now you want, to, you want to make this person feel condemned by asking them, oh, do you, smoke? do you smoke, do you do this, do you do that? No, look, we're not, we're not, we're not, we, don't, we don't condone that you're going to drink. It's, 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 not a, it's not a right thing. It's a bad habit for any believer. It's not good for you as a Christian. That's why the Bible says, be not be drunk with wine. You can get drunk by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Choose to pray so that you get to that level where you think maybe you might get to if you happen to be drinking. But if you happen to be, to be drinking, even when you're in Christ, grace is available. We want to help you. 
to change that habit because all it is is a very bad habit it's a very bad habit and you find that many a times people are drinking money they don't have they end up in debt they end up fighting with their wives or, or, or husbands if the other person drinking is their wife they end up doing all manner of things and they blame it on oh no it's because i was drunk no nothing it's not it's, it's that's just an excuse it's an excuse that you're trying to make so let us not take this lightly says this grace teaches us to say no to any ungodliness live rightly live righteously live a godly life choose right do right you know that drinking is not the right thing to do so all you need to do is to say no and start correcting yourself if you're struggling with it grace is available to help you stop that habit it's a it's a very bad habit it's not like drinking wasn't there back in the days i mean wine was the, one of the most expensive commodities when the disciples were speaking in tongues the first thing they said that oh no they maybe they're drunk that's why they're praying in 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 tongues you know in other uh, languages and they didn't deny that so even if it was the case who drinks at this time I mean, you want to be like this man who drinks from eight in the morning until it's thank god there's a lockdown now for people <laughs> there are limits there are limits <laughs> no you cannot go and misuse the very money that you're working so hard for by drinking it all and what do you get out of it nothing in fact you end up even being more sorrowful have you seen a man who looks excited when they're drunk when he doesn't have money to drink even to buy one bottle of uh, uh corona this corona <laughs> he looks so sad you know he looks you know he, you think somebody has died you feel sorry for this but what is wrong he does it. He's thinking, I take all my money. I don't have money to go to work. I don't have money to buy food. The, 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 the landlord wants his money tomorrow. I don't have this. I don't have that. And when he was drinking and buzzing, 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 and the, the lights there going on and they're changing colors, and he's so excited. He's saying things, you know, he's busy dancing and everybody. And then he calls everybody there, come, come, your drinks are free. He's buying for everybody, except buying lunch or even a street wise too for his wife. But you can buy you can buy alcohol for everybody else. No, it's just not the right. It's not wisdom. It's not right. You you just think of it yourself and like, but why? Why, why would I work so hard and just go and give my money to some guy, some guy, just like that? Just just like that? No, you can't. So it is in your it is for your own good. It's, it's in your own interest. It will even help you to start building yourself financial wealth. Many people are not uh, poor because they don't have money. It's how they use the money they have that is making them to be poor. One of which is 
they drink all of it and only leave just just enough to get by for a month and that's not good so let us let us learn to um you know when you when you are receiving instructions or hearing the word of god i i believe that the holy spirit himself wants you to to do something about your life so it may not be drinking but it's a bad habit to spend money you don't have in the first place it may not be drinking it may just be that you know you're addicted to seeing yourself wearing a new clothes every week but you don't have all the money to buy new clothes every week and nobody even notices that you're wearing new clothes every week you still look good in the clothes that you were wearing 10 years ago do I have to stand here and be telling you that this suit is more than 10 years old? Does it not look like it's, it's new? I mean, inside is right. It's very, it's, very, it's very nice. It's a quality material. But I bought, I bought it in first day. Um, uh, if you want, um, I'll go with you. you know, China City. China City. I don't have to stand here and tell you I went to a boutique. No, I didn't have I don't have time. I don't have the money for it. I I go to Fosbeck. Downtown. Nice clothes. Best of the, the things. You want to go buy something? You don't have money. Why? It's not necessary. And it takes wisdom just to decide that. I mean and and, and it's, it's 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 just Sometimes some of these worldly desires that causes us to sin are unaware. Because before you know, you're no longer serving God. He, he did say that you know you, you, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon will be riches, monies, and everything else, things of this world. So you end up really worshiping some of these things, but you're not even aware. Because it must have a name. Of some guys who died long before you were born, you don't even know who the guy is, and you still want to glorify him in his grave by wearing his clothes. Ah, no, it's not right. I don't, um, I don't encourage anyone to do that. No, I, 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 I don't. Sometimes it just takes you to make one simple decision by yourself. To really find yourself enjoying this life. But one wrong decision, you, you're done. That one wrong decision is even now hindering you from seeing that there is grace. And things just keep from getting bad, worse, and, and before you know, you are even in such a distress when you could have made just one decision say so i need to learn to save money i must be content with the things that i have i must be happy with my life the things that god is doing in my life i don't need people to validate my life i don't need approval from men just be happy with what you have be content 
and allow God to, 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 to lead you and, and guide you and, and help you live the kind of life that he called you into. And that is what will help you to get out of this situation. Anyway, the last few verses he says here, verse number seven. So then they continued asking him. He raised his head up. He raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at him. And again he stood down and continued writing on the ground. Then those who had it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Yes. Go and sin no more. Yes. It didn't just end there. Yes. He told her, Go and sin no more. It is just what I believe is going to help you. Not only that, look after, after he said that, the next thing he says is, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. You cannot be following Christ and be in darkness. Yes. Says, I am the light of this world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And that is my prayer for you. That you do not find yourself walking in darkness under any circumstances. You need to let your light so shine before men so that they're able to see your good works and continue glorifying the Father which is in heaven. May the entrance of his word bring light in your life. He says the entrance of his word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. May you receive such an understanding in an area where you may have been struggling yourself, receive more grace, increase grace and ability to be able to find yourself doing precisely what the Lord has called you to do. He says, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living waters. Out of your own bellies shall flow rivers of living waters. Continue being the light wherever you are, you will never find yourself walking in darkness. You will never find yourself lacking any good thing. Poverty is not your portion. Receive grace in your finances. That you continue building such a world for your own self. For you are a seed of Abraham. And lions have fallen to you in pleasant places, he says. You have such a goodly heritage. You have such a goodly heritage. He says, I will cause you to walk in the high places of this earth because the heritage of Jacob belongs to you. May he give you that ability and the special grace to be able to create work. It is him, it is him who teaches us how to make profits in our own businesses. He teaches us how to make profits. 
May he grant you such special grace to be able to create wealth in your finances, be able to create wealth for your own self, for your generation and the generations to come. In the mighty name of Jesus, yes, bless you already with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in Christ, in Christ. Everything that you purpose to do, he says, it shall come right. In the mighty name of Jesus, he says, I have given you such abundance of grace. Grace for all things. Grace for all things. Any habit that is contrary to the word of God, he says, that it is already a thing of the past. That there is already such a change in your life. A change that is permanent. A change that is visible enough. May you continually walk in the newness of life. May you continually walk in the newness of life. You continue walking in accordance with his commandments and in accordance with his status. The word of God in you is working and it is producing such excellent results in everything that you're doing. Everything that you do in this month, by his grace, it shall come right. Whatever it is that you purpose to do in your heart, by his grace, it shall come right. In the mighty name of Jesus, sir, may you receive that increase in ability, that increase in understanding, that increase in knowledge, that increase in wisdom, and that increase in wealth. In the mighty name of Jesus, continue being fruitful and being productive. In every good work, you be fruitful and be productive. He said the work of your hands is already sanctified, that you bring forth such excellent results. You do excellent things excellently well. You are able to do far beyond your own ability by the grace of God that is at work in your life. You'll be able to bring forth such excellent results in everything that you do because there is a special grace. There is a special grace that is available for you in this month. Grace for all things. Grace for your finances. Grace for your job. Grace for children. Grace for your family. Grace for your relationship. And grace for your heart. May you continue singing the oracles of God and every circumstance he says ye shall speak the oracles of God continue calling for things that do not exist as if they existed in the mighty name of Jesus this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of all grace that you serve, that commanded light out of darkness. You command light out of the darkness that you may find yourself in today. You command help in your own body that you be the healer God. And there is such a restoration. There is grace for restoration. There is grace for renewal. There is grace for revival. There is grace for an increase in your finances. There is grace for today. There is grace for tomorrow.